They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, The Journey of an Entrepreneur. All right. Welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. Uh, today, we have a very special guest out of Nashville, another Goldman Sachsers. Uh, I don't even know if Goldman Sachsers is a word, but I just made it up. <laughs> uh, we have Elaine Boyd. And Elaine, you are insanely impressive. I'm so happy to have you here. She's the CEO and founder of BurgerFit and a co-founder and president of BGBO and a president at Arvo. She's a woman in tech. She's, I mean... Two-time SAS exit person, published author, top leaders 40 under 40. I mean, the list, this your list is insane, um, Elaine, and I'm so happy to have you here. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's always nice whenever people read that stuff to you and you're like, yeah, I am pretty accomplished. I'm doing all right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because in five minutes, you're going to question it all over again. I know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like we all do. So Elaine, tell us about your your journey and i i'm so i love to geek out on process i know that's what your companies do like there's just so much here and you know where did you begin from the entrepreneur perspective and then what led you to where you are now yeah i mean i could spend a long time on this so cut me off and redirect me as much <laughs> as you want but i i mean i started my dad had an insurance agency and I never went into the the family business. He sold the company when he was in his 70s and decided to retire. But, um, you know, we, we had that entrepreneurial spirit in our house and, uh, you know, started doing a lemonade stand when I was young because I wanted to make my own money. And, and I really did know throughout life that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, my dream when people asked me what I wanted to do, I said, I want to be a CEO and I want to wear cute outfits. Like yeah. that was my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just you know if you when you really like kind of look at my background and college and master's degree you're like man you were kind of all over the place and and I really think that that's what life is meant to be like you don't have to have this so specific path and I think entrepreneurship is the best part of of being able to explore things because like you mentioned, like processes is what my businesses do. And so I get to be an entrepreneur and focus on the things that I like doing. It doesn't really matter what I'm selling or what I'm doing because I can focus on when I'm doing a good job at it. I can focus on the things I like doing. Yeah. So how did you get into the tech side of things as you're exploring? Because I always think it's so interesting to say you find this need and this need is going to take a lot like to fill. It's not like a, I can just pop up a website and it's all done and said and done. So how did you get to that tech side and then building your own tech? Yeah. Th so I, I will say one of the most valuable things I did was uh, on a whim one day I decided I was going to be an engineer or get it. I wasn't going to be an engineer. I was going to get an engineering degree. Okay. <laughs> Two different things. Right. And so I, I, opened up the book of engineering majors. I closed my eyes and just picked one randomly. And, but I will say out of that, I had to take a um, software development basics course. 
And it, and it taught me, I mean, it was so basic, but I will tell you that has paid off so much for me. And it really did give me some stepping stones. So things I could, I knew what a P was and why you need parentheses and how to close a syntax, you know, all these like little things. And I was closing, I had a company, I was closing it. I was, I was just kind of tired of that industry and I wanted a fresh start. And I had a friend that worked for another company. And one day I was just telling him, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to close my company and I'm going to start something different. And uh, he's like, well, we're hiring and I think you'd be really good at it. Um, I don't, I didn't even know what he did. And I'm like, that sounds great. I'll interview. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I did. And, and so this, the way that it happened is they, they did hire me and it was a services company. They did social media management for uh, car dealerships. And one day I went to the founder of the company and I said, everybody that works for you sucks and I'm not working with them anymore. We are starting over. If you want me to stay, and I didn't really say it as an ultimatum. I just was like, you're, you have a team of people that are weighing me down and it's like, you're paying them to do nothing all day. And so I'm like, let's fire everybody and let's restart from scratch. Me and you are going to build this. And he said, okay. And at that point we became co-founders of the company. And um, I think it works out really well. I don't know, but he taught himself to develop when he was 13 years old. And so I had this, this, very basic tech skill, but I also had the personality to be able to communicate and talk about it where he would much rather be behind the scenes. And and I think most people, when they think about being in tech, they think I've got to be a software developer. There are so many other skills that are needed to be in tech and being a developer is only this much. You can develop the most amazing software in the world, but if you can't communicate it, if you can't get your target market, you can't get your product market fit, it doesn't matter what those developers are doing over there. Yeah, a hundred percent. So is that when it was that one of your sales? The social media yes. company? So we did yeah. So we built two platform two software platforms and um, sold them both in twenty eighteen. And wow. and one of them was for getting car dealerships five star reviews from their customers, real reviews from real customers, and the other one was for radio stations. If you think ten years ago, everybody called in, you know, you mm-hmm. call into your radio station to win tickets, and they realize, wow, social media is really taking off, and we have no database, we have people calling in. And so we built a contest engine that worked with their social media pages to get email addresses. That's genius. That's really cool. (laughs) So what came next? So you have, you've sold these two businesses and you're like, okay, that challenge is is done. I'm going to go into this, um, something different. Did you change? Was it completely different or same? Yeah. So in 2018, it was the very end of that year. And I mean, and I know y'all know this feeling, how burnt out yeah. <laughs> you get. This un like I, I was burnt out five years before that. So I was so burnt, just burnt out, exhausted. When we so we sold the company, my son was one, but we had to stay on for 18 months. And that 18 months was the darkest part of my life. Mm. I mean, ultra depressed. And it was hard. And you know, when you when you sell a company and you are there with somebody else to lead it, they're not always 
on the same page as you. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot of fighting. And so I learned so much from that that time together. And so I basically I was 35 and I said, I'm retiring. Like, I don't want to work again. My husband was like, I don't either. Let's just be free birds. <laughs> <laughs> and and we did that for a little while. But whenever you when you're young, especially your brain doesn't stop. Yeah. You know, you still have other problems to solve. And and even more than that, as human beings, we want to do things. We are not meant to lay around watching Netflix all day, right? Like yeah. we are meant to be doing things. And so I would say that that depression did not leave until I started actually doing things. Like retirement was not as healthy as as I thought it was going to be for me, I did take time off and I did find other hobbies, especially for me, because I'm on the computer all day. Mm-hmm. I needed hobbies outside of computer time. And so I got to explore those, which is Burger Fit was on my back burner for several years as we were exiting our company. And I wanted to explore that. And so I, I wrote three books. I wow. was, I mean, it, it was blowing up faster than That's I not really retirement. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said, okay. because I think <laughs> I was retired, but I was just like writing right. books. But yeah, there's so. a sort of like glorified idea of selling your business. And like you're all of a sudden you're retired and there's all this money. But you just said something about an additional 18 months of time and work that had to go into to that. Was that to transition people or was that to phase you out? Like how? what's the I'm just for people yeah. listening. Most yeah. people, when they think, oh, I sold my business. Now I'm on a yacht. That's not the reality <laughs> of it. Can you go yeah. deeper into that? Yeah, definitely. So we did the structure of our deal. And I will say, I would not do it again this way. Mm. Is they we were very I mean, we were we were a smaller business, you know, we weren't 10,000 employees, we were 100 employees. So uh, we were very integrated still in running the company. And I was the one that held our largest contracts. You know, they came to me. I was the, the head person with BMW and Mercedes and GMC and all of the big names. And so when we sold, we we got a large chunk of cash. But the remaining buyout, tri- we got a payment every month for 18 months that we stayed on until the end of the 18 months. And at that point, the idea was we have transitioned you out now. The the weird part of it is that where when we got purchased, they would have kept us on forever. They would have never said, "Okay, it's time for you to go." And it was just one day. I was I was so done, and I was so miserable. We were in an exec meeting, and the it, it was just so much bickering. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually done. I'm I'm quitting. And I gave them three months notice. And so, and they ended up not taking me up on that whole time. And that was the first time I felt relief was that day. And I just, I got my husband, my husband and I owned the company. Yeah. He didn't even know that day. I didn't know that day we were walking in and I was going to quit. And then he put in his notice about four weeks later. And so, you know, there are different ways that you can sell a company. And we could have said, no, we're not staying on for 18 months. We will stay on for three months and we still get the same buyout. Mm-hmm. And but we get it in three months versus 18 months. I learned how to start getting myself out of things faster. And 
You know, and I realized too, when you've got big clients like that, you're so scared to lose them. They're not it's Mercedes. They've got their fish to fry. They are like, yeah. their biggest thing is, is my account still going to be handled? Cool. So things that I thought were big deals at the end of the day were big deals to me. It wasn't reality. So, you know, I would now, if I sell a company, sure, I'll stay on for a few months. Like, let me make sure you've got a handle on things and then I don't need to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and and really, and it's not healthy for any of the environment for the most part. If you're going to have new leadership, having the old owners in there a lot of times doesn't work. It's hard for us to let go. The the employees that are coming on board, like the they worked for the old team. Mm-hmm. That's the company they worked for. So it's very difficult for them to transition culture wise. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything else that you want me to, to pinpoint on that scenario. But no. selling your company can be... S- it's done so many different ways. And I learned that going through that experience, even the even the number of scenarios we talked about in that one sale, there were so many different ways we could have done it. And now having gone through it, I'm like, wow, there was like 300 other ways we could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible to think about, too, because there, you know, when you do talk about selling your business, you don't think about all of those options. And how would you know outside of like, right. did you hire a team to help you and, and consult through all of that stuff? We did. Uh, We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, So we did hire a company out of Nashville uh, and they were fantastic. They really knew what they were doing and um, were great to work with. So and I and I really highly recommend that because when you have that experience behind you and when you're getting bought, you're getting money. Mm -hmm. Most, you know, 99 percent of the time you're getting money out of the deal. Just pay the money that you need to get the right deal done and have it done correctly. Because if we wouldn't have had them, it would have been a worse deal than what we took on because we didn't know what we were doing. We would have, you know, your knowledge is only what you're bringing to the table. And if you don't have knowledge on that, you're getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Well, and then. So you're like bored and you're writing books and you're like (laughs) sold your company and you got another company that you're building. But Where was the point where you're like, okay, now I see this other need. Let's jump back into this. And did your husband yeah, join so you some, on this too? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, did your husband join you on the new venture too? Uh, not on Burger Fit. Um, okay. I do that. That one was my thing. Um, but we, so what happened after we sold is uh, people started referring us uh, business or companies like saying, Hey, they need help on this. Can you, will you consult with them? Mm -hmm. And so that's what BGBO is. So it stands for biggest goal, biggest obstacle, Mm -hmm. because that's literally what we were doing. We were coming in. What's your biggest goal? Great. We will help you with your biggest obstacle. So you can get there because it was, it was just referral based people were, and we just needed something to funnel money through. Mm -hmm. And one day, uh, Micah and I looked at each other and we're like, I think we got to start taking this seriously. We've got 14 employees. Like, oh, wow. oh my we're, God. we're, we're growing. We've, we've got payroll thing. Like, okay, I guess this is a thing. <laughs> and, and when COVID happened, it really sunk in. And that's that moment that I looked at and I'm like, I think we got to take this seriously. Uh, because COVID people had to go hybrid and had mm-hmm. to go remote that were not doing that before. And so we really started growing through that time. Um, and, and it was, and it was been really wonderful. And one of, and we worked with companies all over the world, like Norway, Estonia, you know, everywhere around the world, Australia is one of our, the biggest, like have the most clients in. And 
we kept seeing, so with BGBO, we, we saw, once we started really growing, we were like, okay, we can't be, we do everything. Cause then it's Elaine and Micah always having to consult with our knowledge. So we really started to hone in. What is our offering? What are we really passionate about? And we were helping clients put in processes and documentation. And we were looking at what was out there and we just said, nobody wants to read black and white text documents. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can add a screenshot in here and drop in a video, but all of it at the end of the day is a text document. I'm sorry. And so that's how we built Arvo and we call it visual documentation. We're the Canva for documentation so that it is visually appealing. It's super easy for the person creating. They just have to know how to type. And so we launched that last year and um, it's been incredible. So how have you determined how much time to spend on BGBO versus Arvo and how is, how is, you know, how is that determined? I guess is the best question. Yeah. And, and that is such a great question because everybody thinks I do everything and I don't. (laughs) So most of my time is spent with Arvo. So what I really enjoy and which is why I like burger fit and my products there and my, my books is it's a product. And that's the same thing with Arvo is Arvo is a software product and, and it's so, there's so many use cases for it. So I, that's where my passion is. And my husband focuses more on the BGBO side. He really likes the automate, like we, we go in now and automate people's businesses and mm-hmm. um, take processes they were doing manually, help them automate it. So he's has the knack for that. I know I need it, but I don't want to sit there in the woods trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And so that's how we divide and conquer and uh, we're not spread so thin on everything. Okay. Very nice. <clears throat> so where does Goldman Sachs come into your story? So, all right. I love that, um, that I get to tell this story too. So Goldman Sachs, um, I had just exited my company. So it was, uh, the very beginning of 2019. I think it was like January or February, uh, a lady I know in town sent me an email and said, Hey, Elaine, I'm, I just finished this Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program. It was absolutely incredible. I referred you to it. And I'm like, sounds great. So I sent in my application and I, I respect her immensely. So if she referred me and she got value, I'm like, I'm in. And Goldman, Goldman Sachs was like yelling, you don't qualify. You don't have, you have only been in business for two months. I'm like, but I meet all the other stuff. I've got people working for me. I meet the amount of income you have to have. They're like, we really, you really have to be in business two years. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I did, I got denied the first time. Wow. And uh, which... I thought I was going to get in anyway, but, uh, but what was amazing is, um, two years later, they wrote back to me and said, Elaine, we would love for you to reapply. You've hit the two year mark. If you're still interested, we'd love for you to uh, apply and possibly interview. And so that's how I got to be in it was the second time around. Um, I made it through the process and I, I wish I would have had that experience five years before that. And uh, because I feel so alone most days, Mm. I am so I I do live near Nashville, but I live outside of Nashville. And I'm a a tech company in a small town. I don't have a lot of relationships that of people doing similar things. Mm -hmm. And so what what I really got out of 10,000 small businesses is I have real friends running 
amazing companies mm-hmm. now that that I mean, when, uh, Amy and I are going on a girls trip to Antelope Canyon to hike it in Arizona oh, no, next month. Place. Like, I mean, a wonderful friend. And I know I don't feel so alone anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I can text my friends and say, hey, you know, can we jump on a call next week? And and I don't need to say I'm having a bad day. Like, my gosh, we all have bad days. But just somebody else like, hey, what are you doing on this? And somebody to brainstorm with. And that is like the most valuable piece that I got out of 10KSB. Mm. Yeah, our community here is amazing too. Like, and even just, did you go to the summit too? I did. Mm, did y'all go? That's how we met. Even though we're in <laughs> Dallas, we yeah. met through the summit. And sh- she's like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I do podcasting." She's like, "I've always wanted to start a podcast," and hence this was born. That is amazing. And, re- and to you brought up um, how I built this, and I'm like, the only you know how I built this. I feel like they only interview companies that are you know, bazillion dollar companies. I'm like, and uh, Bloomberg just said, we're the backbone of America. Why aren't they talking to us? So <laughs> had to, yeah, a glass of champagne, in, by the way. Yeah, I love that y'all did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the community too. But I, I'd be interested too, just in you've, you're definitely a different perspective from a lot of the people in there because you've, you've got an exit now and like you're starting another company or you're in a couple other companies. Was there anything in the program where going in your company was one way going out you shifted or changed anything you know it was i'll say interesting i was really kind of hardcore like this is the curriculum this is what i have to do and i was getting really frustrated and then one day i just said i can do whatever i want like this is (laughs) (laughs) just because the curriculum is like this I can still do things my way. Mm-hmm. And and I will say like that was super impactful for me is I think and I'm very studious. I love mm-hmm. I mean, I have two bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Like I like school and I like following the rules. But in business, that is so much harder to do. Right. Mm-hmm. There's not a rule book. And I felt like with 10 KSB, there was this like rule book and I had to follow it. And then once I just said, I'm doing things my way. Like, I'm not going to create it in this. I'm creating it over here in Lucid Chart or whatever. And it it became really funny because, you know, at the, well, I did the national program. Did y'all do the Dallas program? Yeah, we did Dallas. Yeah. Okay. So I did the national one. And so I'm sure it's very similar where you have guest guest speakers come in. Yeah. The last six weeks, every, so we had to like submit our homework or whatever. And then the speaker would like pick a couple of people to show off their work every week. It was me. and it was just me being like I wasn't even trying I was just like this is me and I and that is what I've had to really learn about me and that was valuable in that experience is I don't have to be what everybody else is doing like Mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like I've got to be really formal super professional and and I don't I can be me and still come across as professional and maybe a little bit warmer because I can have a uh, my my friend calls me an uh, M&M, where I, a hard shell, but I'm really chocolatey and soft <laughs> in the middle. And so, you know, I've found like when I can stop trying so hard that I can just be me, that people actually warm up to me and want to talk to me and they're not like, mm, hi, Elaine. And, and that's so, a very long story. And it, how what 10KSB taught me was not what they intended, but that program with like the the part where you're like constantly having to do things and mm-hmm. think about your business and think about you and the business mm-hmm. was my biggest takeaway is like, I can keep being, I can be me and the real me. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, now I want to talk about Burger Fit <laughs> because okay. I am so intrigued how you go from tech and is this more of a passion project that took life or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it, it it was. And I was after when I was retired and um, <laughs> the three books, I mean, yeah. I was yeah. so stressed in retirement and doing Burger Fit. I, I'll tell you. So there have been things in my life that have taught me what I don't want to do. And I think that is mm-hmm. so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's more valuable than what you learn yes. on what you like to do. And I learned I didn't want to be an engineer when I did an internship. I'm like, this is what y'all do all day. This is boring. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and do this. And Burger Fed, although I love cooking and I love sneaking vegetables and burgers so people eat healthier, what happens when you've got a food company is it's it's you're not just getting to tell your story anymore. It it comes down to food safety. If I'm going to Orlando uh, and meeting with Disney Cruises, how am I going to transport food safely from Nashville to Orlando? Make sure a it's been safely cooked. B it stayed refrigerated or frozen that entire time on the boat or not the boat, but the um, vehicle to get there. And then third, I've got to make sure it's still safe and good to eat in the food presentation with Disney Cruises. And it became so stressful that I was starting to break out in, uh, it's an autoimmune disease that I have that's triggered by stress that I learned um, called angioedema. And I was starting to get that at the end of selling my business where my face flares up. Like I look like, uh, my friend calls me the walking dead, like swells up, then my, all my skin peels and my hands, it looks like I'm a ver- burn victim. It just like wow. turns on fire. So that was starting to happen just from, I found out it was figured out. It was finally from, I finally figured out it was from stress. So that was happening as I was selling my business and going through that horrible time. Well, it started coming back when I was really hardcore doing burger fit and I'm traveling all over the country doing these meetings with these amazing food distributors, these amazing companies, they want to carry my burgers doing that through COVID with a food business was so stressful. And my in-laws ended up having to come pick me up. Um, one, one morning I was two hours away from Nashville. I was um, I was supposed to be on TV the next morning. I was going to be talking about Burger Fit um, on a news station, and I had a flare up, and I couldn't open my eyes. They were so swollen, mm. and so I had, of course, I had to cancel my TV segment. My in laws came and picked me up because they were free that day. <laughs> They're retired. They had to come pick me up and drive me home, and. I just said, eventually I was like, this is getting to be way too stressful for me. I don't need to live this way. And so I, I scaled back. I didn't, I just realized I don't, if I'm not enjoying Mm. burger fit and having the burgers out in stores for people to buy, then I shouldn't be doing that. And I can focus on my products. I've got my books that I wrote, my cookbooks, and I have a lifestyle journal and I've got a few other products. Like I can still enjoy burger fit with those things behind me without the parts that stress me out. I love this so much because you hear, if you have a passion, you never work a day in your life, right? It's like, oh, yeah, if I just love this thing. And I've done that, too, where there's things that I've really loved and I've explored it. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't. Like, I I love this thing, but all the things that I have to do to make this happen doesn't make it worth it, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. that there's so much power into, yes, finding a thing that you follow, you know, and you love. But there's also power to finding a thing that you're like, you know what? tried it, didn't work out. 
I'm never going to have regrets around this because I yeah. did what I needed to do, but I also discovered it wasn't worth it. And I, I think more entrepreneurs need to learn to do that too. And not just because you're so long in or because whatever, you got to mm-hmm. keep pounding away at it. Cause to me, it's like, you might as well just go get a job, you know? Exactly. It's probably easier. I, and when you, when you turn your passions into your business, you stop being passionate about it a lot. Yeah. You know, like I enjoy leatherworking. If you told me how to turn that into a business, I'd be like, oh my God, like that sounds so stressful. Like, can I just have a passion that I enjoy doing for me? That's all. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I love photography, but I always feel like if I'd made that a job, I would be, I wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it goes on that thought we were just talking about earlier. It's like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And (laughs) trying to process through all of that when someone's like, you can make so much money or you're so talented. You're great at this. You're like, oh, I should do that. Yeah. You, I mean, for leatherworking, that's, you know, for one project, that's how many times you touch the product. Right. For oh, one yeah. Thing. I mean, I could never make enough money for how long it takes me to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is twenty thousand dollars for like a little tiny yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially like in the maker world too. They've they, anyway scalability. We were talking about that yeah. the other day. So, what's next for you? I mean, I'm really enjoying Arvo and building that and seeing we're we're getting traction now like i got one of our customers called me and she didn't even say hello i was like hey Catherine." she goes i love arvo and just went on a five Mm. minute like love rant on how she's been using the platform and that it is just helping her tremendously with her business and her clients and I'm like, we are doing something right. We are building a product that people are passionate enough to call and tell them yeah. how much they love it. And so I want to like, we're, we've been launched for a year now. We're getting amazing traction, getting so many good use cases. And, and I really love what tech can do for people. I mean, that that's one of the things with what we built before some of our employees that worked for us at our previous uh, company they they left the other company on their <clears throat> on their own terms and if it's a good fit for where we are right now we we want them to come back and we have stories of these people like our waitresses at the restaurants we like and we're like hey you want to work for a tech company come come work for us we'll train you and I, we have one lady she was on food stamps had <sighs> barely a high school degree had our baby when she was 16 and she by the time we left was running our development team making more money than any she had in her entire life could had a stable living. Like that's what tech can do for people mm-hmm. and they can work remote. They can finally go and travel the world because they can work for any, anywhere from, for, they can work from anywhere for us. And that's what I love about what we're building with Arvo is that we're able to do that again. It's not just about us and what we're building. It's what we're able to give back to other people and build their stories in their lives. Now, have you guys, I love this. Do you, have you guys taken investments or have you done this all? Has Arvo been on, on, on you guys? So uh, Arvo, we bootstrapped, we have not taken investment and we were looking at doing it. And I'll tell you, it just, and it wasn't even that we kept getting told, no, we had people wanting to invest, but I just got burnt out. Yeah, You know, you're, it's becomes a full, full-time job, just talking to investors and managing those relationships. And I told Micah, I'm like, I don't, I want to take a break. Like, I just want to run our company. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's I like the investor real like at the end of the day that's what I I do like doing that, but not at the expense of I have to make decisions on am I going to work on marketing and selling our product or am I going to be talking with investors all day? And so I just thought this isn't the time right now. I don't want to do this. Like let's just focus. And he's like that sounds great. So have you had any growing pains like being you know. Because tech costs a lot of money and you better hope <laughs> yeah. with what you're pouring money into that it works the way it needs to work and all of these things. Like, have you had issues where, you know, you could move a little faster or, you know, where because I, I, I'm I'm not one where I believe investing is where it's at e- or getting investors is where it's at either. But have you had struggles because of the bootstrapping side? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we we still talk like maybe we should get investment then we could move faster. I mean. And, and I'll tell you too, we, in our previous company, we essentially bootstrapped those. We took a pre-seed or I guess a seed investment. We got an offer within a few months on our the first platform that we built for the radio stations. We got an offer within a few months for a couple million. And we just, we, we hired uh, an investment banker to help us. And, and he said, you know what? You're only a couple of months in and you already got a $2 million offer. Let's build this up and sell it in a year for whatever, you know, mm. 10x that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but let me let me buy in. And so we we did take um I guess a, a seed investment from him and and it was not a good relationship. And it and and that re- really was my first inclination is when you're in business you're you're married to them. You are signing a contract. Yeah. You share money. They want to know where your money's going. Yeah. And so after a year of that, and it and it didn't work out well, we bought them out. And I and I think that's an important thing too is that what we learned is that we're not stuck just because we made a bad decision yeah. doesn't mean we have to continue with it. So we um, determined how could we buy them out, and we made that happen. And so that, so we had that seed investment and then reversed it and we continued to bootstrap it. And man, there is so much pain associated with bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not saying we're not going to raise money with Arvo because the pain that you go through bootstrapping is eventually catches up with you because if you don't raise investment, there's somebody else that's going to catch up yeah. and they're going to do it better because they've got millions of dollars pumped into them. They've got strategic relationships, um, you know, at every window Mm -hmm. that they're looking out. And so eventually we will do that with Arvo. And so the growth, yes, we have growing pains and we constantly ask ourselves, what are we doing? (laughs) Uh, You know, there's no end to our development road roadmap. We need to hire more. We need uh, sales and marketing and uh, we're constantly juggling resources. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I love that you're strategic about it, though. And you know, it's not not all money is good money. And at least you're careful about that, too. Well, and I'm just impressed by the, okay, we sold this company, and now we're in a whole nother company, and you're still having the pain points that yeah. all businesses have and you're still have a <laughs> smile on your face. Yeah. You didn't get to bypass anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the days are hard, but every, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's some days where I just say, I think I need to give up. Like I I'm done. I've, I hit so many obstacles or the same one over and over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like, 
uh, my husband and I are like, well, do we want to go work for somebody else? Not, not really. Mm-hmm. Like still kind of having fun, even though today sucked yeah. <laughs> or this week sucked or this month sucked. Yeah. All right. You want to do rapid fire? Yes. All right. So rapid fire. Uh, what's your favorite beverage? Kombucha. Any particular company? There's one called, it's local here. It's oh. called Short Mountain Cultures. Oh, and they um, brew at a small little town uh, from like a guru taught them. He like lives in Tennessee. So that's my favorite. Hmm. I love that. Find it. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Uh, best of, oh gosh. Uh, watch how much alcohol you drink. <laughs> that bites you. That's a it definitely one. bites you. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone. My dad. He's still alive, but he has dementia. So my days are shorter and shorter. Mm. So I do a lot of things with him uh, so I can get as much good times as I can and good memories. Mm, that's sweet. Uh, your morning routine. Uh, wake up. I have three dogs that are wild, crazy animals. Uh, wake up, let them out. I make myself tea, do a little stretching and yoga. Then, uh, the whole house wakes up. I've got my husband and my seven-year-old son and, uh, we drink coffee, talk about our agenda for the day and hit the ground running. Love that. Uh, what are you reading right now? (sighs) Running with Sherman by Christopher McDougall. It is one of the most bizarre stories that I've read and just like wants me to get off the couch and move. Oh, oh. I need to write this. I've never heard of this book. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awesome. The story about a donkey. Oh, okay. okay. I love animals, so I'm, I'm sold. Uh, top bucket list item. Oh my God. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't have anything necessarily on a bucket list, but I just don't want to stop exploring. I'm a spontaneous, let's go. Like my bag is always packed. And so my bucket list item is just to keep living life. Mm. That's good. That's great words of wisdom right there. Uh, and what's your guilty pleasure? I don't know. I mean, of course, I love shopping um, and traveling, but I really love boxing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to figure out like, okay, can I make it at six o'clock tonight and still have dinner made and like do all the things and because it's so fun and I get to punch something for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Helps make those bad weeks not so bad then at least. Right? Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Elaine, you are amazing. This is why I love Goldman Sachs so much to be able to meet incredible women like you. If somebody wanted to find out more or connect, um, is there like we can throw all the websites up like with Arvo and, you know, BGB, BO specifically, if I can talk today, but anywhere you want to send them. uh, Come find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. I'll say add a note, do the add note and Mm -hmm. say, hey, Elaine, like heard your podcast. Um, because I get a random requests all the time. So don't be spammy. Say hi. Um, but yeah, find me on a LinkedIn, Elaine Boyd. I'm very active on there. Yeah, you are. And we'll have that on our notes page too. So Elaine, thank you so much for doing this today. It was awesome getting to know you. Thank you thank for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right.